This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Hurry in to Mattress Firm's July 4th sale. Get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin and save up to $500 on Sealy. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying Sealy purchase, up to a $4.99 value. Or shop Tempur-Pedic, the most highly recommended bed in America, and save $500 on all Tempur-Breeze mattresses. And get a $300 instant gift good towards sleep accessories. Only at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details. Hello, hello, movie friends. Welcome back to the show. Anthony here. I'm going to be doing a mini review of 2022's Death on the Nile. Uh, I think so far it's one of the best films of the year. This was directed by Kenneth Branagh, who also directed 2021's Belfast, and he was nominated for an Oscar for Best Picture and Director for that film. And this is mixed re- mixed reception from critics. It has a 64% Rotten Tomato score, uh, although an 82% fan score, a 6.6 on IMDb, and then a 52% Metacritic score. And this is based on one of Agatha Christie's famous novels, Death on the Nile, about the Belgian sleuth Hercule Perrault and his Egyptian vacation aboard a glamorous river streamer as it turns into a terrifying search for a murderer when a picture-perfect couple's idyllic honeymoon is tragically cut short. And this movie has an absolutely stacked cast just like his uh previous film of this franchise murder on the orient express that came out i think six or seven years ago that had an amazing cast and this cast is just great with kenneth branagh playing uh perot again the famous mustached detective then we have army hammer gal gadot ali fatzel tom bateman Letitia wright and at betting russell brand emma mackey and rose leslie And this was actually produced by Ridley Scott's company. And I think this might be, in terms of Army Hammer, it might be Army Hammer's last major film role um, for the foreseeable future. Uh, And you can tell, based upon the response publicly and in the industry to his personal life, um, the trailer for Death on the Nile featured very little of him. Uh, he's He's one of the leads of the movie. He has as much screen time as anyone else other than Branna. And obviously he's, he's probably with Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot and Army Hammer were, were obviously the two big stars and two big draws of this film. And they definitely got the biggest paychecks. Um, but Army Hammer with his tumultuous personal life was basically cut out of all of the marketing, cut out of the trailers. I remember the two trailers they released, they showed like a snippet of him. Um, I don't even think he got any dialogue in the trailer, but as per contracts, you know, his, his, he's still on the posters and his name is still heavily featured on the posters as well. That's part of contracts with actors in studios of like billing. Uh, oftentimes actors will fight for the best billing spot. Uh, but I believe uh, Kenneth Branagh got the best billing and then Gal Gadot, then Army Hammer. But he has a sizable role in this film. So I think this might be it for Army Hammer's life in Hollywood, although he'll be fine because he's 
the grandson of the owner of uh, the Arm & Hammer brand. So that guy's he was born extremely wealthy, so he'll be fine regardless. Now, in terms of the film, this is just a classic movie. It's very traditional. It's You can tell Kenneth Branagh is just a lover of these murder mysteries and a lover of classical film. Uh, a lot of his he has an eclectic filmography as the director. He like he just he did Thor, he did Jack Ryan, Belfast. Um, he also did several Shakespearean adaptations, um, Henry V, Hamlet, which are really great great movies. Like Hamlet's really terrific. He shot on seventy mil, just like he did with this film in Murder on the Orient Express. So he's a lover of the craft of film, and he understands the, how important high resolution film is to to the transportation of the audience. And James and I saw this movie in IMAX and the 70 millimeter. No, I'm sorry. We saw that. We saw it in 70 millimeter projection, which was really fantastic because uh, all cinemas, they are digital nowadays. They're just using digital projectors. But for certain releases like this, Quentin Tarantino, uh, Chris Nolan, Paul Thomas Anderson, they convinced uh, studios and theaters to, uh, allow for the film to be projected on film in certain theaters, th- theaters that can afford it, in theaters um, that still have projectors that they can just pull out of the basement in, and then throw the film in. But it's not; it doesn't happen often because it is expensive to send actual film reels to all these theaters as opposed to just a memory card with the movie on it nowadays. But that's also the reason why theaters are fully digital now is because it's so cost-effective. Uh, also, reels... Film reels, they can get um, dirty, uh, dusty. Uh, there can be problems with the sound and with uh, the actual film itself. And so it's just uh, cheaper and more effective to go digitally. I understand why they do it, but I just think that the film projection is really uh, brings you back to the old school cinema because uh, the, the motion blur isn't there uh, and it's flickering and it takes your eyes a few minutes to adjust to the flickering of the actual projector on the big screen but once it does, it, I think it really transports you. Uh, high, cel- high format celluloid film, I think, is so lush and vibrant. It has a, a, a texture to it, like a vis- visible texture to it. Uh, it's almost like a three-dimensionality to the, 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 the screen. Uh, I think it's nothing it can even compare to 70-millimeter film or IMAX 65-millimeter film. I think that it's the highest quality a movie can look and this movie is no exception. The The production is astounding. It's really beautiful cinematography, uh, really breathtaking production design and costume design. Uh, this is Kenneth Branagh's best-looking film. And uh, I just love the, the location of Egypt because they showed so many parts of Egypt that, you know, they you don't really see in movies. Yes, they show the pyramids and the Sphinx and the famous iconic locations. But there's a lot of shots of, like, the banks of Egypt in um, the culture of Egypt that I thought they integrated into the film really well. Um, the transition shots are really beautiful, shots of the Nile. And I think the production overall was just really lush, really stunning, really beautiful. And I, I, I'm I, not sure it will get nominated for anything because it's such an early release this year, being in February. But I mean, I could definitely see this getting nominated for costuming uh, and cinematography because the costumes are terrific uh, with this eclectic cast. Uh, some of the dresses that Mackie and Gal Gadot wear are really stunning, and the um, the men's costuming is great. And Perot's costumes are always fantastic. And but the sets are really beautiful, especially the ship. 
Um, but there's, there's a lot of time spent off the ship. It takes a while to get to the ship, and then there's some scenes after the ship, and they're really well done, really well produced. And, you know, this cast is amazing. I didn't know who Emma Mackey was because I don't watch. She's uh, famous for the show um, Sex Ed, I think it's called, or something like that on Netflix. Uh, and she she really stole the show in this movie. She's really fantastic. She has a very juicy role. I also think she's the most talented actor in this entire in this entire cast, and there's some really good heavyweights there. Army Hammer did a really solid job. His accent was pretty spot on. I believed his English accent. Gal Gadot was a strong lead. I don't think she has quite the talent as um, someone like Emma Mackey, but I think that she held the movie really well. She's a terrific leading actress. And then Kenneth Branagh always is perfect as Perot. He's funny. He's confident. He he can do the drama. He can do everything. He has a wide range as an actor and filmmaker. And all in all, this movie, it's gotten mixed reviews and also a pretty lackluster box office because it is a pretty expensive movie. And I think the the audience for this film, I would say, is generally the older crowd. I would guess like 45 to 65 would be I the, the number one sweet spot for this movie. And I think that at this point in time, those kinds of people are less likely to go out in public in a theater. I think those older older Americans are, are a little more cautious as opposed to younger Americans, which is why something like you know Spider Man is still pulling in seven million a weekend, uh, and then this movie it's up to ninety million total. But again, that's still disappointing because the budget was seventy million, I believe. So they need to make at least. A buck fifty to break even, so they still have a lot, long way to go, and also being released in this era of superheroes every other every other weekend, it's it's tough for a movie that doesn't have superpowers to perform well when it has a big budget. You know, this movie, if it was made with half the budget, it probably would have done the same amount of gross, and it would have been highly successful with bringing in ninety million dollars on like a forty million dollar budget. But uh, I I think that. Studios are going to start rethinking movies like this, which are more traditional, which tell stories that don't involve superpowers or big explosions and stuff. And so these kinds of movies are going to be a little bit more infrequent and they'll be cheaper, much cheaper made. Uh, And this one was made because the first film did really well, made over $200 million at the box office. And that's, I mean, it's a murder mystery. That's still, that's a lot of money. And this one... It looks like it will pull in over $100 million. It's I think that's still admirable because it's a cool movie. Uh, things that we don't really see anymore. The Murder Mystery, the last big one was Knives Out. And that was also a big success. But this film, when you walk, when you watch it, uh, you have to understand that it's, it's written as in the old style of cinema. The characters aren't talking like they are nowadays, like they would nowadays. It doesn't have a, a contemporary spin on it. It doesn't have a modern spin on it. It, it's like it's like you're transported to the 60s, the way people acted, the way people spoke, the way films were written. And I really liked that because it made me feel like I was watching an old movie. Like I was smiling in the first five minutes. I'm like, oh, this is great. Like this is just like an old school classical film. And that's something that's really missing nowadays because even it's I think that the successful movies of Marvel and DC have rubbed off onto uh, the entire range of cinema in terms of larger budget movies where every movie has to be like have that sarcastic humor and has to have 
like the same stakes and sign in the same structure. And then eventually like everything is looking like a duplicate of, of something else. And even if a movie doesn't have superpowers in it, it feels like it's a Marvel movie and it, and it feels like it has that, that tone and that humor in DC as well. And I'm really getting a little tired of that. And so movies like this, which are just like old cinema, like let's just have a fun murder mystery, entertain the audience for a little bit, have some great actors, great production, uh, a really beautiful, beautiful movie to look at. And it's just a great mystery. I mean, I, it was, it was, you could have guessed who the killer or killers were by the end of the film. I, I'm not going to tell you who is responsible for what happened, but I still think that it was a good ride. It was really well done. And I was just, I was hooked from start to finish. It's not a perfect movie. It does have some soft spots. It does have, you know, some weaknesses here and there. It's not all around um, 100%. And, you know, the screenplay can get a little dull. And the exposition can get a little heavy. But that being said, it's still very good. I would give this movie a 7 out of 10. And if you're a fan of murder mysteries, this has definitely going to be at the top of your watch list. It's just a really great time at the films. <laughs> All right. So thank you for listening to this mini review of Death on the Nile. We have a lot of great episodes coming out this week. We just had our full episode talking about the best movie cameos of all time that came out yesterday. I have another review coming out tomorrow and then some great episodes after that. So keep tuning into the show. We appreciate you all. Take care.